Welcome back to the 2AM Book Review Club, where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late. It is officially spooky season. So, as we teased a couple of months ago, we are excited to officially announce that we are kicking off the Spooky Book Support Club. And now, I would like to welcome special guest Mouse. And in particular, I would like to offer my gratitude for coming with me on this spooky book journey. Oh, I wish I could say that I felt very supported in this journey. What, what, what do you mean? What what do you mean? I wasn't I wasn't supportive enough? Let's just say our spooky meters are rather different. Ah, yes. That's true. Well, as it as it turns out, apparently I'm not that scared of spooky books. And unfortunately, the other one of us was was a little a little more scared than we anticipated, so Things ended up being a bit of a, a role reversal, <laughs> but we'll be getting into that later. For now, let's do a quick overview of all of the spooky books and short stories that we read in preparation for this episode. Okay, so we started out with the origins of the horror genre, and we read The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe and The Call of Thulu by H.P. Lovecraft. Both of them, I think most people would agree, were very influential for the horror genre. So that was where we started. Then we moved on to classic horror novels. So we read The Essential Dracula, which was an annotated version, a very heavily annotated version of Dracula, as well as We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. After that, we moved to more modern books. We read Cackle by Rachel Harrison, which was our witch book. We read Small Favors by Erin A. Craig. As we'll discuss later, I think that this is the one that I would qualify probably as a mistake. It wasn't really horror. It was more just YA. I don't, I don't know why it's categorized as horror, to be honest, but it's, it's a bit like monster slash like folk horror a little bit, but the monsters really aren't that big of a part in the story. They don't play that big of a part in the story. So overall, would not classify it as horror. It's more just classic YA and not really suited to what we were doing. Then we read Comfort Me with Apples by Catherine M. Valente. And then we read The Grip of It by Jack Jemk, which was our only true, I guess, haunted house story. For some reason, I thought we had always, we have always lived in the castle, was a haunted house story. And I mean, that's not wrong, but it's not like a classic haunted house story. So I I apologize for being a bit misleading in our teaser episode. 
but the grip of it is definitely like a very classic haunted house story. So I'll say that is our haunted house entry. I am the only one who read Slewfoot. Mouse didn't get around to it, but that's fine. Slewfoot, A Tale of Bewitchery by Brom. So basically Slewfoot is what I thought Small Favors was going to be. Slewfoot is very much in the folk horror slash monster genre. Then we read Night Film by Marisha Pestle, which is definitely, as I expected, much more on like the horror thriller side of things, though this is one of those books that we read that I really would not classify as horror, but some people do, so very much on the horror thriller, horror mystery side of things. And then finally, we read The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. As the title suggests, it is our other vampire entry. All right, so we read a lot, as you can probably tell in preparation for this episode. We also read very widely. There were a lot of very surprising books, but before we get too far into our overall impressions, I want to go ahead and do a very quick discussion of the two short stories that we read. We are not going to be circling back to these short stories or discussing them in any depth at any, you know, later point. So I want to go ahead and get them out of the way. So the first short story is The Fall of the House of Usher by Edgar Allan Poe. So this short story is... I'd say it's interesting. I guess there's definitely a reason that people tend to read this one in English class. But essentially what happens is that a man comes to visit his friend. His friend is living in the house of Usher. He is one of the like descendants of this family known as the Ushers. And the house has some kind of spooky vibes, some kind of curse is on the house and on the family. The real question is why they don't leave the house, but I guess, I guess that's part of the mystery of the story, right? Um, so anyway, so he gets there and his friend is living there. His friend also has a sister. And then basically from there, mysterious things start happening. They're like, is the house haunted? And then finally, this is a very short story. So at the end, we get like a big plot twist and that's the end. I would say that this is definitely a creative story, but like with many short stories, it didn't really feel satisfying. My thing is, most of the time when I read a short story, I would rather have read a novel because that's just the way that I tend to read. I tend to like fleshed out characters and settings, and particularly with this kind of like spooky story, I really think it would have made like a good novella at the very least. So that's just how I felt. I can acknowledge that it's a classic of the genre and it's objectively a very well-written, very interesting story, but to me it just wasn't satisfying. I, I think that we, we both tend to prefer novels to short stories. Okay, so the other short story we read was The Call of Thulu by H.P. Lovecraft. Now, I knew going into H.P. Lovecraft's work that he was um, racist. <laughs> like that, that's one of the main controversies these days that surrounds his work. But what I didn't realize was that that was going to be actually present in his work. Like I thought that was just like a controversy surrounding him 
as like a person, I didn't realize that was going to be part of the story and like a very large part of the story. So essentially in The Call of Thulu, again, it's a short story, so not much to it. Essentially, there is this man who is going around investigating some kind of strange phenomenon that involves like dreams of this terrible monster and things like that. It's very existential, very much like monster horror and it's it's there's really isn't much to it. I wasn't scared or particularly intrigued at any point. I didn't find the monsters to be very interesting, if I'm being honest, and that wasn't really what I expected going in. Definitely didn't expect the racism, but I also didn't really expect to be kind of bored almost. I like mixed media and I like mysteries, but with this one, the monsters just weren't all that interesting. I would guess that the real horror here is supposed to be like these monsters prove that we are infinitesimally small, right? In the eyes of the universe. In the eyes of the universe, there could be monsters that are ever so much bigger than we are and that's like a stand-in for all kinds of existential fears about like the heat death of the universe and you know things like that personally i mean we're all pretty finite anyway if that makes sense like we're all gonna we're all gonna end our earthly journeys at some point i don't i don't really see why that is supposed to be scary like is the scariness supposed to be like well, the earth is finite, therefore we're finite. But the thing is, if you already accept that you yourself are finite, then I don't really see what's so scary about accepting that the earth and the universe as a whole is also finite. So personally for me, not scary. I didn't, I didn't really get what was supposed to be scary about it. And I think that, I don't think it's any fault of the story per se. I'm sure that there would be people who find this scary, but for me, Personally, I don't think this kind of horror or this kind of fear resonates with me. And of course, like that's the prerequisite, right? When it comes to horror, like if this particular fear doesn't resonate with you, then you're not going to find it scary. And that's true across all kinds of horror books and horror subgenres. As we'll discuss later, a lot of these books, not just this particular short story, but a lot of the books that we're going to talk about hinge on very specific fears, like fear of bugs, fear of darkness, fear of rats, things like that. And so if that doesn't resonate with you, then you're not really going to feel anything. And that's really, you know, the primary point of horror, right? To get scared. And so I didn't find The Call of Thulu to be a ineffective short story. And Overall, it didn't, it didn't leave much impression except for, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be quite so racist, but here we are, I guess. <laughs> As I mentioned, I think, in the teaser episode, I do have, like, an entire Lovecraft collection for some reason, so in the future, I suppose I will try out a few more of his short stories and see if I can find one that's any more effective for me. So, yeah, that's what I thought of The Call of Thulu. Okay, so with the short stories out of the way, now let's talk about our 
overall impressions having gone through all of our spooky books and short stories. So as we mentioned at the top of the episode, I found that horror doesn't really scare me as much as I thought it would. Maybe it's because I purposely picked like beginner horror books that I knew weren't going to be so bad, but I really... I really didn't find myself scared really at any point with one or two exceptions, but we'll get to those later. Overall, I had a lot of fun with this. I enjoyed getting to dip my toe into so many different kinds of books and especially books that I had never really read before. And I I really had a good time. And so, Mouse, I want to ask you, what were your overall impressions having survived the spooky books? I don't like being spooked. I mean, I understand kind of why people might enjoy horror, but I just don't see it. When I enjoyed the horror books we were reading, it was mostly because, oh, I found something else about the book that was nice. Like, it was funny, or there were nice characters, or something else. I just don't really enjoy like oh this purposefully like scary thing coming out and reading about it yeah that's interesting i read an article the other day about how for example like people with anxiety tend to really like horror because the thing is it's in a contained atmosphere if that makes sense once you finish a horror book then it no longer exists and so for a lot of people with anxiety that's apparently really soothing i really don't understand how that would be the case though because some horror books do give a resolution but a lot of horror books just leave things hanging so it's kind of the opposite of a resolution and i just like feel worse after it well i think probably what helps is that for example if you have generalized anxiety then you don't have anxiety about any specific thing right so for example if you read a haunted house book And you're like, well, that's scary. And then you get to the end of the book. Even if there's no resolution, I think the idea is you can be like, well, my house isn't haunted. So that isn't something I have to worry about. And so it acts as like a soothing effect. I see. I do like tend to be a very anxious person. And so I would say that some of these, well, I don't know, actually, I don't think that any of these books had any real effect on my anxiety except one and that didn't that book definitely the book I'm thinking of definitely didn't help with my anxiety it actually made it difficult for me to sleep afterward but that was kind of my fault because I read it at night and so I didn't really give myself time to process before I went to bed so um but anyway the point is yeah I don't for me it didn't really have any effect on my anxiety one way or another but to be honest I don't think most of these books have much effect on my emotional state so maybe I'm just not susceptible to horror in general Okay, so speaking of the effects that these books had on us, now I thought it could be a fun little exercise to do some rankings. So our first ranking is going to be books in order of most to least enjoyment. So how much did you enjoy the books? So ranking number one for me is Cackle by Rachel Harrison, 
This book caught me completely off guard. So Cackle is about a woman named Annie. She breaks up with her boyfriend. Life is not going so great. So she moves out of New York City to this idyllic little small town. She starts a new position as a teacher and things are going great until she meets this mysterious woman named Sophie and everyone in town seems to be kind of afraid of her and spooky things start happening and Annie's like I don't really know what's going on here and you know things kind of escalate from that point but what I really loved about this book is I loved the small town vibes I loved the food there was a lot of delicious sounding food there were a lot of very cozy moments where annie is finding her independence and her own voice and she's navigating like what do i actually want out of life you know she like learns to cook and she makes friends with the people in the small town and it's just very I mean, by the end, I was like, this is very, you know, like comforting kind of this idea that you can successfully start over and learn to stand on your own two feet, even when your world has come crashing down. There were many moments in this book that I found to be really funny. A lot of the book feels very lighthearted and low stakes and overall I think I like that juxtaposition like there was just enough spookiness to keep things interesting but it wasn't too spooky and I don't know I just had a really great time with this book so that is the book I most enjoyed. And coming in a close number second is We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. So this is a book about two sisters who are living in their family home and for whatever reason, we don't know at the beginning of the book, they don't like to leave their house and they never leave unless it's absolutely necessary. And so the rest of the book is kind of figuring out like what exactly happened here and then there's like intruders, unwanted people, things escalate. There's a lot of tension in this story, much more so than spookiness. The spookiness more so comes from not really knowing what's going on and from having a very unreliable narrator. So those are the spooky factors, but most of all, there's this tension that keeps building and building and building throughout the book. And then finally you get to the climax and you're like, oh, this is where this is headed. Like that, that's what the title means. That, that is what is going on here. I see. And so that was a really, really fun experience. I like mysteries and thrillers. And so this felt kind of like a mystery thriller with the added spooky elements but it's not really scary, I would say, and so altogether, it was just a really fun time. Then, coming in at number three, we have the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. So kind of similarly to Cackle, this book deals a lot with women and female friendships and how those evolve over time. The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires is much 
darker and much scarier like actually scary things happen there is actual danger but still at the heart of the book is questions about like women and female empowerment and how society treats women and those are all things that I enjoy reading about and in particular this book was written by the author he had his mother in mind and his mother was like a housewife and so he is kind of writing this as as he says in the introduction it's his mom versus Dracula right and so that's just, I don't know, I, I had a really fun time with this book. But as we'll get to later, I definitely rate it one of the more spooky books. <laughs> and then we have Comfort Me with Apples by Catherine M. Valente, kind of like Southern Book Club. This one deals very, very much with women and women's issues and in particular, the position of a housewife and what that means and the psychological effect it has on you. So essentially, Comfort Me with Apples is the story of this woman named Sophia. Sophia lives in this mansion, I would say, with her husband. And since she's a housewife, her job is like cook and clean and hang out with the neighbors. But the thing is, is her husband is almost never home. She has no idea really what he does or what their situation actually is. And then one day she kind of starts asking questions about what's going on and everything kind of disintegrates from there. So come for me with apples. The best thing about this book is that there are no words wasted. This book is less than 100 pages. It is so tightly written. I would say it's got a lot of the flavor of like parables and fables and things like that. And I love those kinds of stories. I love them so much because they're so interesting to me, like how you pack your message into such a tight format with no real wiggle room. And so this was a lot of, well, not really fun. It's pretty dark, but there is so much anger in the message and the message is just so clearly articulated and driven home by the story that I was just like, yes, like this is so good. And so I really enjoyed that one. And then coming in at number five, we have Night Film by Marisha Pessel. And this book is interesting. I, okay, I wouldn't really classify it as horror. It is much more of a classic mystery thriller with some horror-like elements thrown in, but there's a lot of, well, in a lot of ways, this book is kind of mysterious, but it's also pretty grounded as well. Basically, it's about this investigative journalist who is obsessed with learning more about this mysterious film director. And this film director seems to have a lot of deaths happening around him. And so the investigative journalist wants to find out what's going on. But the thing is, he already tried doing that and that ended pretty disastrously. So he's like, well, maybe I should hold off. But then the director's daughter turns up dead and he's like, well, I still feel like there's a story here and I really want to know what's going on. And what I really loved about this book is that one, I love stories of like detectives and journalists like trying to find out what's happening. I love those types of stories in general. But I really love that this book is mixed media. It made it so much fun to read. And the author actually, like if you look at the copyright page, she actually got permission to use the actual like 
formats that these publishers use, like Time Magazine and Rolling Stone. And it was just like really cool, I would say, um, to come across those kinds of things within the book. It was just a lot of fun to read. And so I really liked Night Film, although I know the ending, particularly if you ask if you ask Mouse, <laughs> the ending is uh, kind of controversial, let's say. Okay, coming in after that would be the grip, of, the grip of it, the grip of it by Jack Jemk. So this one is a very classic haunted house story, I would say. This couple move into this house and the house is haunted. And so mysterious drawings appear on the wall, things move around. You, you never really know what's going on. You get some background as to like the house's history and what happened there, but not really enough to be able to definitively say, oh, this is what is going on. And so it's just very spooky, but it's, I'd say it's a, it's a lot of fun. I haven't read a haunted house story in a long time. And so I think that's why my rating of it is so high. Now, I know it's blasphemy that Dracula is so low on my rating, but I think that what got me about Dracula is, for one thing, it's just very long. I don't think it needed to be as long as it did, and for the other thing, the religious morality and symbolism and all that was just a bit overwhelming for me, I would say. It's still a really good story. I enjoyed it. But the things that I found interesting about Dracula and about the world that Bram Stoker was creating got very much overshadowed and overtaken by the religious stuff that he was trying to do. And so I was just like, oh, well, if that's the case, then I don't really think this story needs to be as long as it is. I think we get the point. <laughs> like Dracula is the devil, you know, you, you, you don't really need to drag it out so much. So that's just how I felt about Dracula. Coming in after Dracula is Slewfoot. Now I know that Slewfoot is low on the list, which might make it seem like I didn't enjoy it, but that's not true. I actually found it really interesting. It's just low on the list because we have so many good books on the list. So Slewfoot is basically, so, okay, so Slewfoot is interesting because it's historical fiction, but it's also like monster horror. <laughs> So that was a really interesting combination. But basically, Slufa is about this woman named Abatha. She is living in like Puritan times and she's like trying to eke out a living on this farm. And the real horror of this book is the townspeople. Like they are so misogynistic and so cruel. And it's just a lot for her to deal with. And so I don't blame her for the choices that she makes in this book. Yeah, it's just, in a lot of ways, it's very sad and scary, but it's sad and scary because of the people, not because of the monster. And so it was a, it was a pretty heavy book, I would say, but I like historical fiction, so I, I did enjoy it. Coming in last is Small Favors by Erin A. Craig. So basically this book... So the premise in world building I did find to be very interesting. So basically this is taking place in like wild west times, I would say. It's very little house on the prairie, but essentially there's this small town of pioneers and they have all these rules to govern the town because there isn't really like police or authorities. And so they live at the edge of this forest and in this forest are these creatures 
and that's where the title comes from. They give you small favors in exchange for things that they ask you to do. And so basically this story is about a girl and her family and a lot of the story deals with again very much Little House on the Prairie type things. There's never enough food, the weather is terrible, and for this family in particular they have bees so they need to protect the bees and it's just a lot but also at the same time I would say it's pretty predictable in terms of like its YA tropes and these types of pioneer stories. It, it was fine but again I think it was a mistake to put it in the spooky book support club in the first place so that's really all I'm gonna say about it. Okay mouse so why don't you order your books from order of most to least enjoyment that you got out of it. Okay, number one, and this is a clear number one for me, is Southern Book Club. So the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires was just a really, really funny book. <laughs> the beginning is just so funny. And for some reason, I didn't really find this book all that like scary in like the spooky sense. Like it was more like social elements that were really frightening. Plus, what I really liked about this book is like how they all read true crime. <laughs> and since I also like consume true crime, I'm kind of related with that. And I would I would just say I really enjoyed the book. Second, okay, my second is actually your second. We have always lived in the castle. I think I like it for like some of the same reasons you like it, but also like just more than that, I think it's just the exactly like perfect level of spooky. Like it's got like horror-ish elements and it's kind of spooky and this kind of scary house and this kind of scary family, but it's also not like frightening and it's not like super explicit or like it's just really good or, or like I found it really enjoyable well I would say it's a classic for a reason you know <laughs> very true okay and then there's a big gap but next comes Cackle. So Cackle actually was one of the hardest books for me to get through and I almost broke down and stopped reading any more horror books when I read this because I just found it so scary. Every page I was like oh no oh no but it was still really enjoyable because of Ralph the spite. Oops. Wait, 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 swipe that. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> no, no, Ralph is just really cute, okay? And he's really sweet. He He's a pet. <laughs> so, Ralph was very cute, but, like, there were just so many things that I found personally spooky, like all the spiders and the book. Well, not all the spiders, but so many of the spiders are so spooky. And just so many of the horror elements, like the, it was kind of a drug-like scene. Personally, I wish there had been like a trigger warning because I've seen those too many movies with scenes like that. Oh, well, I guess we can get into this, what was spooky about the book later. But um, definitely, I would say that there were parts of the book that really made me enjoy it. And I think that all your points were very valid. And I would have like thoroughly enjoyed them too, except for the fact that I was so spooked out for <laughs> most of the story and that it was kind of hard. And plus, like small town books are fun, but they aren't really my vibe. So 
I don't really read much of the genre. Next, I would say comes Comfort Me with Apples. I think my rankings are kind of way too similar to yours. <laughs> but I think that the revelation in that story, I don't want to be like a spoiler, but there's this huge revelation in this story where you just like realize what's actually going on. And that just made the experience amazing i i was just reading it thinking oh this is a very normal story and then suddenly revelation and i'm like oh wow this is not what i was expecting and i think that what you were saying about it being like a parable maybe i should have picked up earlier on what it was actually like about but i, I didn't pick up on that so i mean to be fair i didn't pick up on it either like i don't know what i, what I was expecting but it wasn't that. And like it, in hindsight, it makes so much sense. Like everything makes so much sense in hindsight. And I think that that's the best kind of like horror thriller, you know. Okay, so next I diverge a tiny bit because I actually ranked Dracula next. So this is just like my personal experience. I think it's because I didn't really like pay a whole lot of attention to the religious aspects and anything like that. It just was so funny to me reading about like Dracula and like how scared everybody is of him. Because for me, Dracula was not scary at all. <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> so I, I personally really enjoyed Dracula. I mean, obviously, like, all the death and stuff is not, like, funny, but Dracula himself is very funny. The way he acts, like, when he's actually interacting with people is so funny. And then next, okay, next I'm back on track with you, Night Film, I would say. It would be higher on my list, actually, if it weren't for that ending. There was just so much buildup, and I was expecting something more for that ending, but yeah. So, definitely, it was a fun adventure. Like, I really enjoyed the adventure aspects and, like, all the things they go through. I, and I also appreciated that it wasn't so scary. Even though there were some scenes that I personally found kind of scary, but it wasn't, like, for the classic horror aspects. Yeah, I would say that if horror isn't something you necessarily read, Night Film would still be okay with you just because, like, the scary stuff in Night Film isn't any scarier than, like, your usual thrillers. You know, like, for example, it's, like, sneaking into places and it's, like, I don't know what's going on. But, like, I feel like that happens a lot in thrillers anyway, so it's not really hard to me. Yeah, and we'll talk about the scary bits later. So, the next I would put the grip of it, I think this is very similar to your ranking, but... I personally am ranking it so low because I didn't really enjoy... I, li I like the spooky parts, actually, like, even though they're pretty scary. Anyhow, I'm ranking it low mostly because of how depressing a lot of the things outside of the house are. And just, like, it's very painful in a lot of ways. And I didn't really enjoy reading it. Last comes Small Favors. The part about the book that I enjoyed was the bees. I like, like, you know, how they talk about the bees and how they care about the bees and stuff like that, but I just didn't enjoy the book because I didn't really like any of the characters. I didn't really like the story. I didn't really like the monsters. It just was um, underdone. Okay. All right. Is underdone a word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Okay, so now what I think is always fun is, so that's, that's our enjoyment rankings right but i think it's also important to acknowledge when you think that something is just really well done even if you didn't necessarily enjoy it right so now we're going to do books in order of okay i say objectively but like you know what i mean it's still subjective 
But like, if you had to say as objectively as you can, which books are the best in terms of like writing, character development, story, things like that. So which ones do you think are objectively best? And then, you know, progressively they get worse. This is just like interesting to me to see how people perceive books in terms of like quality. Okay, so for me, number one has to be We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Like I said earlier, it is a classic for a reason. This book is just really well written and really tight. And I don't think that you get any better quality books in the spooky genre than this. It's just really good. But number two has to be Comfort Me with Apples. Comfort Me with Apples is so well written and there are actually parts of it that are kind of amusing. There's like an HOA contract. Okay, I know that doesn't sound funny, but if you read the book, you will agree with me. The HOA contract is one of the best parts of the book. This is just such a well-written book. It, it's partially a little funny. Parts of it are dark, but like overall, it's just so well-written. And then number three, I know I said I didn't enjoy it that much, but Dracula has to be at number three because, well, I mean, it's Bram Stoker. He is a really good writer, particularly towards the beginning, I would say, when Jonathan Harker is entering Transylvania. There's some passages where he's like describing the scenery and it's just very lyrical and well-written. And so I would say definitely Dracula is number three. And also, I know I denigrated it a bit. I said that I didn't really enjoy aspects of it, but still, Bram Stoker came first, okay? He wrote the first modern day vampire book and that requires some level of like I I have to acknowledge that I do have to say hey that's an amazing accomplishment you know like you did a good job it's not it's not your fault that I didn't enjoy it as much as I should have and then actually this may be a bit of a surprise but I thought the grip of it was really well written particularly for a haunted house story I just I don't know but I thought that it was really well done. In particular, there's like this weird bit towards the end of the book. This is a bit spoilery, but essentially one of the characters is like possessed kind of and has like this monologue. And for some reason, I thought the monologue was really well done. Like there were parts of it that was like, huh, I never thought about something that way, but like that's kind of true. And so I don't know. I just thought the grip of it was really well written. And then I'm going to say, okay, so this might be a bit surprising, but after that, I'm actually going to put Cackle. Now, Cackle isn't a particularly original book, and, and it's also not that deep. And for that reason, you may be surprised I'm ranking it so high, but I think that for what it is and for what it set out to accomplish, it's really well done. It set out to accomplish partially being women's fiction, and partially being like a spooky book and I think the balance of those elements was just so well done and it's just so readable and I know that that's not usually a compliment but actually if you write at all you know that's really hard to accomplish. Writing books that are compulsively readable is really hard to do and I flew through this book so I have to say that Cackle was actually really well written for what it is. After that I'm putting Southern Book Club 
the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Now, this one would be above Cackle and maybe even above the grip of it, but there were certain aspects to the writing that I don't think were as well done as they could have been. There were a couple of moments where I was like, well, that's um, a bit convenient, perhaps. <laughs> and some other things. I don't know. I feel like there could have been a bit more fleshing out of certain characters and relationships, but... Overall, I do think it was really well written. Again, like Cackle, it set out to do what it set out to do, and it's very readable. Again, I flew through it. It's quite a long book as far as these kinds of books go, but it's, it's really well done, and the humor is really good. Humor is hard to do. Humor is hard to do, but this book definitely did it, as, as well as Cackle, I would say. So, both of those books, I think, are very good examples of what... I know genre fiction is not usually a compliment, but again, I am going to compliment it because genre fiction is actually hard to do because it's mostly about the vibes that you get when you're reading it and vibes are hard to accomplish you know like I'm not using a technical term there I'm just saying vibes and those are hard to do and both of these books really they're about the same in terms of like technical skill and I think they're both really well done okay night film is after that and the only reason I'm reading it so low is because of the freaking italics there is an italicized word every, at least every sentence, sometimes twice a sentence. And if you look at a single page, there are just so many italics for no reason. I don't understand the italics at all. I don't understand how the editor didn't pick up on it. I don't know what the point of the italics is. They really detract from the writing. I do think the writing is good. If the italics weren't there, I would probably rate it above Cackle and the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires because technically this is a very accomplished book. There's like subtext and commentary and there's a lot of complexity to this book which is unusual in a mystery thriller. This book feels like it was written to say something. Again, doesn't happen often in mystery thrillers but the italics alone are just like, mm. definitely a book with a lot of effort put into it. And I do not know why an editor did not step in on those freaking italics, but it didn't happen. So it's low. Slewfoot. Okay, so Slewfoot is after night film. And again, the reason I'm ranking it so low is because, okay, so there were certain parts where the writing was a bit clunky. I just don't think it's as technically accomplished as these other books lots of effort put into it again like night film but i feel like this author's strengths are in storytelling in research in world building things like that i don't necessarily think that the author's strongest suit is writing and i i'm sorry if that's a bit mean but that's honestly just how i felt and again i am a very picky reader and these other books are really good. Like, I'm putting you up there with We Have Always Lived in the Castle and Comfort Me with Apples. So, it's probably not a surprise that Slewfoot ended up down here. This isn't to say that I didn't enjoy it, because I did. But, compared to the others, it's going to rank lower. And then finally, Small Favors. Small Favors is your very classic YA. Some of the characterization is a bit stereotypical or tropey or weak. The story structure could have been tightened a lot more, I think. So the thing about Small Favors is I think this could have been a really good book 
if one of two things had happened one if the actual world building world building sorry had been much more focused on and made the center of the story as it is the main characters feel a little bit outside of the town and its power structure and its power struggles and to me that made the story much less compelling also, there was too much in the book that I feel was filler or fillerish, and so this is a very readable YA book, which again is a compliment because writing readable books is hard, but overall it's a bit tropey, a bit stereotypical, and it could have used with more tightening. So those are my rankings in terms of like best to worst, which again, I say objective, but it's very subjective. Mouse, what about you? Okay, my rankings are going to be even more subjective, but we totally agree on number one. We have always lived in the castle, so I think that's pretty clear for the same reasons that you listed. But number two, I put Southern Book Club because, I don't know, I'm very, very partial to this book, and I think that this book has really good execution. Well, also, it depends on what you value in a book. For example, if you really love setting and characters, which, I mean, I do, and things like that, like Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires is really, really good at those things. There is so much immersive like world building, <laughs> really world building. You can really tell this is a place that the author knows well and cares about and has spent a lot of time in. And also like the characters feel very real as well. And so if those are the things that you value most, and usually I do, like that's why Comfort Me With Apple surprised me so much. Like the character work is pretty minimal. The setting is even more minimal, but the overall effect just was so mesmerizing for me that's why i put it second but honestly i totally get what you mean yeah okay so number three i agree dracula i personally i know that you said it was long but i really liked how he did like the diary style i think it really worked with the story and that's why I think that execution-wise, and also, like, as you mentioned, he's the first vampire person. <laughs> Number four, I would put Comfort Meat with Apples. Like, the execution of the revelation, and as you mentioned, the HOA contract. My next one, it's a little bit harder for me to choose, but I would go with Cackle. So, Cackle is just an infinitely readable book, except for the shivers, but, like, just, like, how it's written is very natural. As I think you said, Cackle just fits really well with its story. So it's out there to tell the story that it's telling. Night film comes next for me. I really hated the italics too, but as you said, there were a lot of things going on in that story. And it was one of those books that you just don't really feel like stopping. Yeah, which is quite an accomplishment considering that the physical version is 600 pages and so for it to be so readable is really quite an accomplishment. My only complaint besides the italics would be the story chops off in a very sudden way, which I, shocked me. I expect there to be like 500 more pages. <laughs> or maybe not 500, but like 200. Well, well, let's not get into spoilers. And also, well, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but we are going to be discussing this in a separate episode. So save your thoughts for that. All right. And then after that, I would put the grip of it. 
the reason I'm not ranking it as highly as you are is because I just didn't feel like there was very much in that book. Even though technically I think you're right, like the technical execution is very good. But also something that annoyed me about the technical execution was the beginning of the book. It felt like people were flipping viewpoints very rapidly when I wasn't really into the story yet. The more horrific things happened, I felt like the pacing fit better and better with the story. But in the beginning, when I didn't really know the characters, it felt very disjointed how quickly like the story flipped between the two characters' viewpoints, and I felt slightly confused. Yeah, I agree that this story overall could have used more setup, I feel, and more fleshing out of the characters so that we cared more about them once the haunted house stuff started happening. And then last is definitely small favors for me too. I this was the one book we read that I just had so much trouble getting well to be honest I had trouble getting through cackle and the grip of it too but small favors I dragged myself through this book just because I was with the support club it was very hard for me to read just because I didn't really feel like I cared about any of these characters. I didn't really feel like I cared about the town. I didn't really see a point to the things that were happening. And I didn't honestly just didn't care no matter what the monsters did to anybody. No, no, that's fair. I feel like YA in particular is a bit hit or miss when it comes to characters and character development. And I'm not really sure why that is. But it, it happens a lot for me too. Sometimes in YA books, it's weird. I almost never do this, but sometimes I'm just reading to like know what happens next. Particularly in YA fantasy for whatever reason. YA fantasy is so strange when it comes to... So some books are really good at pulling you in emotionally and others it's just like, mm, I mean, this is a way to pass the time. I just want to know what happens, you know? Maybe the issue is that there's just so much YA in recent years that, you know, it's a bit hard to find the really good ones, so. Alright, so this is the, this is what you came here for. Books in order of most to least spooky. Okay, so this is going to be my order. So number one for me is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. So this is my issue. I read this in the middle of the night and I shouldn't have done that. But I think what scared me was how much the characters emphasized that bad things happened after dark and like people were like stalking <laughs> stalking houses after dark and I was just like oh maybe I shouldn't be sitting so close to a window while I read this so I don't think I would have been scared at all if I read this in daylight but after dark it was a bit much and so yeah that's just going to be ranking number one for spookiness Number two is going to be The Grip of It by Jack Jemk. So the thing about this book is that you don't really know what's going on. Even at the very end, you don't really get much in the way of explanation. Things just feel very random. They escalate. And so it's just kind of like, well, <laughs> this is scary. And so, yeah, that's going to be number two for me. I really do think that not knowing what's going on is my biggest scare factor because then anything could happen. As long as there are rules like for example in Dracula you know there are a lot of rules that they establish for the vampires and it's just like well if there are rules and they can't go outside of those rules for example that's why the religious stuff bothered me so much because for example like the cross was like a foolproof 
method of protection and it's just like well if that's the case then what why do I need to be scared I just need to wear a cross all the time so there there's that so the grip of it was very scary Number three, Slewfoot, but not because of the monster or anything. Like, he was actually quite nice. <laughs> it was the people and the society. This book is very graphic and disturbing, but it's like the people who are graphic and disturbing, not what is allegedly supposed to be so scary. And that, to me really bothers me because I do definitely feel that that's a real thing that happens every single day and so yeah that really scared me and then number five okay so from here on out okay so those first three books did actually give me like some shivers from here on out I'm just going to be ranking them a bit randomly because none of the rest of the books actually scared me so we have always lived in the castle that one isn't scary. Like, there's not really a moment where you're frightened, but there is this sense of unease throughout the book because you don't really know what's going on or what the characters will do. And that is a bit frightening, but it's a pleasurable kind of frightenness. You know, it's not scary. It's more just like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen next. After that is going to be Comfort Me With Apples. Again, not scary, but this kind of social commentary does make me uneasy, mostly because it feels real. And the anger that propels this book is very real. Like the, oh, I can't, I can't talk about it because it'll be a spoiler. But there's this moment towards the very, very end where the character is really struggling. And for the first time, she feels like anger and she's really, really struggling and she still can't do what she wants to do. That moment of frustration did scare me because it felt so real. Yeah, so <laughs> this one definitely made me uneasy in a similar way to We Have Always Lived in the Castle. Okay, after that, Cackle, I would say, would be scary-ish. I mean, again, I wasn't scared. I, if, if I were classifying this on my own rankings, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, in your mind, you classify books. I wouldn't classify this as horror, but there was definitely a sense of unease, particularly towards the beginning, and then there's, like, bugs and things, and it's like, ah, well, that's a bit scary. After that comes Dracula. Dracula didn't scare me, particularly since the problem with this book is you know by cultural osmosis what the vampires are going to do, so there's not really much mystery or intrigue, and that doesn't really scare me all that much. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's still a bit scary. It's, it's well done. And then after that is night film. Night film's not really horror in my opinion. I wasn't ever really scared at any point. I didn't really see anything to be scared of. <laughs> and then finally, Small Favors. Small Favors has one scene that I would describe as graphic, but otherwise I don't even see why this would be ranked as horror. I don't think that there's anything horrific particularly about it. So it is dead last. <laughs> Okay, my rankings are significantly different in that I rank Cackle number one. As I, I think I started to talk about, I was so scared of the bugs. And also just in general, the surveillance. Because rather than just the fact that bugs are there, it's that you're being watched by the bugs. The bugs are watching you and like censoring, well maybe not censoring you, but just paying attention to you. Oh, you know what was actually really scary, though? When she first moves into her new apartment, there's no curtains. 
Like, her windows are just naked. <laughs> okay, that's a weird way to describe it. But her windows, like, anyone can look in, and it's night, and she's like, I feel like I'm in a fishbowl. And that actually did scare me, because I've never lived in a place that had nothing on the windows, so I'm like, ah, I would not do well with that. That's true. But also, I think I mentioned this, but there's, like, a drug scene, which, with, like, hallucinations and things, which I personally found very frightening, and and then second for me was night film actually i think this is like personally i just find a lot of mysteries to, to be kind of scary when i was little i thought like nancy drew hardy boys those were scary and i think it might be a carryover from that but also there's a drug scene in night film or something that seems like a drug scene like hallucinations are happening it's not actually super clear what happens in that scene but also, I feel like this book emphasized, like, things like shadows and, like, mysticism and magic in a way that was kind of scary. It had this sense of pervasive darkness, which I personally found frightening. Like, more scary than spooky. And then number three would be Southern Book Club. Actually, it's funny. I didn't realize you read this in the middle of the night because this was the one book I stayed up until 3 a.m. reading. <laughs> but I didn't find it like particularly scary because I read it in the night. I just found it like scary more because of the social aspects. Kind of like what you were talking about with Comfort Me with Apples. For me, like this very real feeling of helplessness in the book like helplessness that could exist rather than the horror aspects of the book so it's not really related to the horror I guess but for me that was scary also like it depends like what you're talking about with like spooky scary just because there, there are so many ways to define it but for me that's what I would put it in and then come for me with apples would be next just for similar reasons and after that would be the grip of it now I know I'm ranking it much lower than you are but it's because even though I mean I agree all the stuff happening in that book is so bad I feel like physically like the worst things happen in that book and it is very frightening because it's like the house causing all of this but I also was not so scared because it just doesn't feel very real. I think that that's the reason I wasn't scared. I feel like the reason that Southern Book Club and Comfort Me with Apples, like even though they're technically less scary, they feel more scary just because, well, actually Southern Book Club is pretty scary. <laughs> but the reason Comfort Me with Apples is higher is just like, oh, this might actually happen kind of feeling. Whereas the grip of it is just like, oh, this house is just so terrible. Oh, like, and such, such terrible things are happening. But also it just does not feel real. So that's why I'm putting it there. Okay, and after that, we have always lived in the castle and then Dracula. So... Dracula's just not so scary as you say like oh if you have a cross if you have the garlic flowers if you have these things that's great and plus I had already watched a Dracula film adaptation so I kind of knew where I was going and then finally dead last small favors <laughs> okay so given that this is the spooky book support club I feel like we should talk about why we found some books more spooky than others 
And also maybe discuss a bit um, how the authors manage to make you feel spooked or scared. And so I know we talked about this a bit already, but I don't think we've talked about the techniques and things as much. So let's start there. So something I noticed that happened a lot in these books was repeated motifs. So for example, in the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires and maybe also the grip of it there was this repeated oh and also night film in those three books there was definitely a motif of darkness in southern book club it's most explicit bad things happen after dark but also in night film as you said there is a pervasive sense of darkness a lot of the scenes happen in the dark there's a lot of just dark places in general and so darkness is a big motif and then on a lot of these books, I would say Southern Book Club, Dracula, Cackle, there's a lot of spiders and rats and bugs and other things that I think people in general find to be spooky. So those motifs mean something. Like, for example, if you see someone talking about rats or if you see a spider or you see a bug, then that means that something bad is about to happen. So I noticed that. Also, something that happened a lot in these books was we had confusion or unreliable narrators. For example, the characters would be drugged or they would be just kind of lost or they wouldn't understand what was going on or they would be like, wait, what just happened? For example, that happened a lot in the grip of it where they thought they went somewhere. They thought they went to a cave or to the house next door, but then they'd be like, did that actually happen? And so that kind of never knowing what was going on was a way that the authors created kind of a spooky, spooky environment, you know? And then finally, I noticed that a lot of these books, not all of them, but most of them didn't really explain too much. For example, in Southern Book Club, we didn't know exactly what the vampire was capable of, what powers exactly he had, what the extent of his powers were. He seemed pretty powerful and there was no clear way to define who he was or what he was capable of. And so, and also in the grip of it, the haunted house, we never really get an explanation of where its powers are coming from, why things are happening. So there was, there was also that. I did find that to be scary. Like, oh, well, well what's going on here? You know, well, we're not going to tell you. Well, that, that is scary, spooky. So what techniques did you notice that happened across a lot of these books? So personally, I think some of the more effective things that authors, uh, like one of the most effective things that a lot of authors did was mix like supernatural scary things with like very real scary things, like things that actually carry like real world uncertainty. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for example, like misogyny was a big, big theme in a lot of our books. Comfort Me with Apples, Southern Book Club, even to an extent, books like Cackle and Slewfoot, definitely. And if you'll notice, like those are high up on my list of like most spooky books because it really is scary. You know, the book that I've been thinking about a lot that that nobody ranks as horror but actually, I found to be really more hard than most of these books was The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. 
I read that last year, I think, and I was so scared throughout much of it in a way that I really wasn't with most of these books. But the books that we read for this that I found scary shared a lot of elements with The Handmaid's Tale and I think that that's definitely related. It's definitely like at the end of the day the scariest thing is not really monsters but like people because people can be really monstrous and in ways that we have all experienced. You know like the unknown really isn't as scary as the things that happen every day around us. I agree like I think the prime example within the books we read is comfort me with apples because although there are a lot of horror elements those are not what scare you in this book at all actually like the horror elements weren't that scary at all but it still ranks very highly on how scared we were yeah yeah I definitely agree okay so then I want to talk about like things that I found to be particularly scary so again I was gonna say not just societal horror but also one of the things that really scared me was dementia and old age like those are themes in these books as well especially in the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires there's like a mother-in-law that's living with patricia who's our main character that wasn't even supposed to be the scary part of the book but it really was for me because it really caused me to think a lot about how just how helpless you become for example when you're old and for example you have some kind of disease of the mind because there's nothing you can do to stop it although patricia for example tries to be kind there's an extent to her kindness and the scary part is i get it you know like these caretakers they have their limits too and that's completely understandable but you don't want it to happen to you right but there's no way to ever prevent or stop it and just like old age in general you get a lot of like infirmities and diseases and it's just a very scary time in your life right and so those things were really scary for me but they weren't supposed to be the things that I was scared of but again, like with the societal horror aspects, like those real things I think are much scarier than any vampires or haunted houses could ever really be because those aren't real, but people are real and old ages too. Also, again, like never knowing what exactly is going on or what's real, what did or didn't happen, that uncertainty really did scare me. But as much as I say that like the vampire wasn't scary, well, I will say that the vampire and the haunted house in Southern Book Club and the grip of it respectively, those things were kind of scary because they were so hard to predict. They didn't have any set rules or expectations. It was just kind of like, well, bad things are happening. And it's it was just so interesting how, for example, like in Dracula, the only thing Dracula can really do is bite you and drain your blood. But like the vampire in Southern Book Club, as we'll discuss in in, in a later episode. Oh, well, there's our, <laughs> there's our second episode spoiled. But anyway, that's fine. Anyway, he was scary because he did so many things to them. He was like, not just a vampire. I mean, it makes sense that they read a lot of true crime because he was a serial killer in a lot of ways. But just like he did a lot of things. There was a lot going on with him. And so never really being able to predict what would happen next was really scary for me. And also the haunted house had a lot of tricks up its sleeve. <laughs> That's why Dracula I don't think scare me because it was the same thing every single time. And it's just like, well, if it's the same thing every single time, 
then why should I be scared, right? And then also things that scared me, darkness, anything happening after dark scared me because, or just like scenes happening in the dark because I am scared of the dark like in real life. And so that was something that scared me. So what about you? What things did you find to be particularly scary? Like what techniques were really effective on you? Well, evidently, I'm just, like, scared by all the classic stuff, like the bugs, the vampires. Well, except for Dracula and the haunted house. I'm just scared a lot. But it was really surprising how much more, like, societal stuff scared me, I would say. And also, as you were saying, like, dementia and just other inevitable things. A lot of night film is playing up how inevitable things are. Like, for instance, there's one character who's addicted to drugs and, like, it really feels like a lot of the other characters are also dealing with inevitable things. Yeah, so uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about a bit was things that should have scared you but didn't. For example, for me, any time horror books use the word horror or horrific or gore, I'm like very much taken out of it. I'm like, ugh, I'm finding it hard to suspend my disbelief now because you use that word. <laughs> Why would you ever use the word horror in a horror book? But most of these books did. Most of these books are marketed as horror and they use the word horror. And I'm like, okay, horror authors, just a little tip. Control F your story, find the word horror and excise it because it is not scary when you actually just like go out and use the word. I wouldn't even use words like spooky or scary. Like it just, it's no, it's no longer scary. If you use the word, then it's not. <laughs> so think of, think of other words. Your thesaurus is your friend. Also, anytime something bad actually started to happen, I was automatically no longer scared because I think that what scares me is the possibility of something bad happening. If it happens, like if it actually happens or if it's like happens, then it's like, huh, uh, I guess there's that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I know that's not good, but it's kind of like, well, if it, if it happened, I at least know what the threat actually was. If it's just kind of skulking around, like, for example, the vampire in Southern Book Club, he was much scarier to me when he hadn't yet done anything. He was just kind of being stalkerish. <laughs> you know, like once he actually started doing vampire things, I was like, ah, oh, well, whatever. But when he was like creeping around, I was like, oh, what's he going to do? You know, like when's he going to strike? Who's going to get hurt? Also, what's weird is bugs scare me in real life, but in these books, they didn't scare me. And I don't know why that is. So I, I know it's not rational or reasonable because if you're scared in real life, they should scare you twice as much in fiction where they're like creepier. But for some reason, they didn't. So uh, what about you? What things should have scared you but didn't? I think that some of the things that, like, the things in night film were made out of, like, the magical stuff, like, hair and, like, other things, were supposed to, like, conjure up scary images because I've heard that, like, a lot of people are scared of hair for some reason or, like, disgusted by hair. But not, that sort of stuff doesn't really scare me. And just in general, like, the motifs, like, the doll motifs or, like, the other classic black magic stuff didn't really scare me, I would say. It was more, like, the implications, the possibilities of that black magic that scare me. So I think that we're saying pretty similar things. All right. 
So, we have talked a lot about these books, but now we are excited to announce in this mini-series, we are going to be deep diving into three of them. So the first one, episode one, will be We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Book number two will be Night Film by Marisha Pessel. And book number three will be The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. We will be doing this mini-series throughout the month of October, throughout spooky season. So if you want to read along, then feel free to do that and then listen to our episodes afterward. And then I thought also something fun that we could do for spooky season is recommend our top three Halloween books So these are not necessarily going to be coinciding with the ones that we're discussing. The ones we're discussing we picked out because we thought they would be interesting to talk about. But these three books will be the ones that we recommend if you're just looking for spooky season Halloween reading. My top recommendation for you is Cackle by Rachel Harrison. It is very readable, as we keep saying. It's a really good balance of, like, spooky stuff happening, but also kind of, like, comforting. It's like, it's like you know, you're you're a bit scared, but then at the end of the book, you're left feeling warm and fuzzy inside. So, it's a really cute choice, I think, for Halloween. And then number three, number two, sorry, my number two recommendation for you is The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. What is more Halloween than vampires? And what is more Halloween than, like, a small town? There is actually a Halloween scene in this book, so it's twice as perfect. This is definitely on the scarier side, so read at your own risk. But I think that you could also really have fun with this book. And then number three, I'm just gonna have to say... I would recommend a haunted house book, so either We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson or The Grip of It by Jack Jump. Both, I think, are really good Halloween picks, so those are my top three. And Mouse, what are your top three Halloween picks for our listeners? Well, I agree that you're probably right, Cackle is the perfect Halloween book, but I can't really recommend it based on how scared I was, so I'll just recommend Southern Book Club. We, we said top three. You have to recommend two more. And the other two you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And then I thought we could also do, like, top three recommendations just for, like, a general audience. Like, you're not looking for Halloween books. You're not looking for spooky books. You're just looking for a good book to read. Okay, top recommendation is going to be We Have Always Lived in the Castle. This is a classic. If you haven't read it, you should read it. Don't worry, you won't. You probably won't get all that scared. It, there, there's not really much to be scared of. And so you should just, just read it. Take the plunge. Read it if you haven't. Number two is actually going to be Comfort Me with Apples. I think that... Even if you're not a big horror reader, you should still read this book. I think it's really well written, really well done, and it has important messages. Okay, number three pick is harder to do because I really, really would like to recommend Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires, but if you're not a big horror reader, this might actually scare you. So instead, I'm going to say Night Film. However, with the caveat, Night Film for people who really can't handle anything scary. But if you think you can handle it, I would really recommend reading the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. It's just a really 
fun book and I really love the characters and it's just one of those books where it's like you get to really know the characters there it takes place over the span of several years which really surprised me and it's just really nice to see a book about women who are often not centered in fiction and in general like female friendships I feel are always nice to read about and it's just a really good book so I would recommend that but if you can't handle it then Night Film. So those are my top three recommendations. We Have Always Lived in the Castle, Come For Me With Apples, and either Southern Book Club or Night Film. Okay, for me, I totally agree with your first two picks, but for my third pick, I would say, as I mentioned in my spooky listings, Night Film is actually above Southern Book Club, so if you don't think you can handle spooky, I would go with Dracula, not Southern Book Club, but if you can handle spooky, I would just go with Southern Book Club because... I personally don't think it's all that much scarier than Night Film, so. Dracula! Wow, that's really interesting. But yeah, it's a classic. It's really well written and definitely, like, it's where so many vampire things started. I mean, if you love Twilight or True Blood, you owe it to yourself to go back to the origins. Unfortunately, Dracula's not very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very long. Yeah, and it is very long. But it, it is good. It is worth the read. If you've never read it, read it at least once. Okay, so anything that we want to briefly discuss about the books that we will not be going into detail about. So I would like to talk about Dracula for a bit, not the story specifically, but the edition we read, The Essential Dracula. If it's your first time reading Dracula, don't go with that edition. The footnotes are long, they have spoilers in them at some points, and overall they're just a distraction if you're actually trying to read the story. If Dracula is a book you've read many, many times and you really love it, then I think the footnotes are good. They're very informative. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them. I'm just saying that they're very intrusive if you've never read the book. But if you have, then definitely pick up The Essential Dracula. I think it's good as a reference, but not as an actual reading experience. So that is what I will say about The Essential Dracula. And Mouse, do you have anything you want to add about the books that we will not be doing deep dives into? Yeah, do yourself a favor and don't read small favors would be my advice. I... <laughs> The other thing I want to add is I wish we had uh, time to add in an episode for Comfort Me With Apples because I feel that discussion would be so interesting and there's so many things in that book that kind of, you know, make you have questions after you reach the end of it, but unfortunately we're just doing three episodes so we won't have time for it. Okay, this is kind of a spoiler alert-ish thing, but yeah, if you like books, uh, kind of dystopian books like Animal Farm or, uh, or other books like that, I think you will really, really enjoy Comfort Me With Apples. Here's what I'll say. If you like Animal Farm and The Handmaid's Tale, if you like both of those books, you have to read Comfort Me With Apples. You have to. So yeah, definitely do yourself a favor. Read Comfort Me With Apples. You will not regret it. It is now one of my favorite reads of the entire year. And it's actually like, there are many books that I read because of the Spooky Book Support Club that I really, really am grateful that we did this. But I think Comfort Me With Apples has got to be up there as like one of those books I'm like, gosh, I don't think I would have read it otherwise. And I'm just really glad that I did. It's just so 
it's so good. And it's also one of those books I feel I really should reread. I feel like I would get a lot out of a reread because I would understand, I would actually understand it the second time around. There's just so much like symbolism and commentary that I feel like was lost because I only read it once. But hopefully in the near future, I'll own my own copy and then I'll be able to read it <laughs> whenever. Okay, so that got a little long, but we are very excited to kick off the Spooky Book Support Club. We will be back here next week to talk about, watch me not remember, We Have Always Lived in the Castle. That will be our very first deep dive episode for this miniseries. And we are very excited for that because after finishing, we have lots of questions. So, We will have theories, speculation, in-depth discussion into everything going on in that book because what the heck? (laughs) So we are very excited for that. Thanks so much for joining me on this journey, Mouse. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, that's going to be everything for this episode. This has been the 2AM Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining us and we, both of us, will be back next week with the next installment in the Spooky Book Support Club. Until then, stay spooky, have a great week, and happy book travels! (laughs) 